Hello, welcome to Pep Talks, People Empowering People, where we interview everyday people who tell their not-so-everyday stories of resiliency. We hope their stories help empower you during your journey. Pep Talks is brought to you by Mind Over Matter Books, books that teach children resiliency skills. Mind Over Matter Books can be found at mindovermatterbooks.com. Nearly 16 years ago, I received a call from a parent unlike any other call in my counseling career. On the phone was Diane Soderstrom, mother of senior Shelly, who informed me that Shelly was just diagnosed with soft tissue sarcoma in her right dominant arm. Because this was a fast-spreading cancer, Shelly was to have her arm amputated two weeks later. Shelly became an icon of resiliency through her ongoing journey with cancer over the past 16 years. Her stay strong mantra has allowed Shelly to live a full life now as a mother and wife. Welcome, Shelly. Hi. Hello. Hi. How are you doing today, Shelly? I'm doing good. How are you? I am well. Uh, You are truly one of my favorite people. I know I tell you this anytime I I see you because you are really the, you should be a poster child for resiliency. Well, thank you. Well, thank you for leading by example. Um, So Shelly, you were a senior in high school diagnosed with this sarcoma and having to have your right arm amputated as a cosmetology student who had planned on cutting hair <laughs> for your career. That, yes. that was quickly changed. Can you take me back to that time when you were going through this and what was going on in your head? Honestly, when I look back at it, I was so young that I didn't really even care. Does that make sense? You just didn't quite get what was going on. You're young and, you know, living. Yeah, my, my, my focus was, okay, what are our plans going to be this weekend or, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden you're diagnosed with this disease. Did you understand what this was? I mean, yeah, but I just didn't really think anything about it. What about losing your arm and your your career as a cosmetologist? How did that hit you? I didn't care. I guess I just had to do it and it it was what it was. Just had you've always been a very easygoing young lady. So I could see that. And I was with you through this journey and you didn't seem frazzled throughout it. So I I I get it. You just kind of rolled with it. Like, okay, I guess I'm losing my right arm. Plan B. Right. right. I, I, I had no choice. So I, I had to do it. Definitely did. And, and so prior to this, for a couple of years, I remember your mother calling in and you having some like nodules on your wrist. There was something going on, but we never thought it was cancer. And occasionally we'd have to get some accommodations for you. But then, like, junior year, you were kind of being treated for something. Tell me about that. So it actually started 
I think my sophomore year, my the nodules on my wrist kept growing. So we kept going to doctors, trying to figure out, okay, what is going on? Is it, you know, my, we thought it was a cyst, but it just kept growing. I had, I remember I had a few surgeries on my wrist to figure out what it was. And they at first couldn't figure out what it was. It They said when they opened up my wrist, it looked like somebody dumped a bottle of Elmer's glue like in there. It was just, it was everywhere. They couldn't scrape it off. Um, so then that, that was one of the ways we were going to try to get rid of it. So that obviously didn't work. And then we tried a low dose of chemotherapy. I want to say for about a year in hopes of, you know, slowing down the growth or even stopping the growth. And it continued to grow while getting treated on chemotherapy. So then we, that was when we made the decision, like, okay, we got to amputate or it's just going to keep growing. And we didn't want it to spread anywhere else. Wow. Well, I remember that phone call like it was yesterday. And I remember your cosmetology girlfriends coming to me that next week. Everybody wanted to help and do something. That helpless feeling like we can't keep her arm and save her arm. What can we do to help her? Do you remember the support that you had from your oh my classmates? Gosh. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. I, I remember there was a party for you. It was about 600 people that showed up and it was supposed to be a spaghetti dinner. Well, that was one heck of a spaghetti <laughs> dinner. My gosh. I think we had a couple bands, um, yes, yes. a lot of adult beverage, um, mm -hmm. probably a hundred baskets for the Chinese raffle. Um, a lot of money. Uh, in different um, gambling kind of card um, raffles and such, I remember, because I remember that um, prosthetic arms were kind of cosmetic. And yes. was, yeah, insurance wasn't going to cover that necessarily. <laughs> and so we wanted to get you an arm that perhaps matched your skin cover color, <laughs> like little details that you don't think of, right? Yeah, I mean, you obviously know me, and that was my big uh, fear, was not having my arm look pretty. Right, cosmetology. <laughs> so, you know, she got her arm, those nails were done, and she had bracelets on them and always looked dolled up. Um, you could never <laughs> really tell which hand was the, the real hand and which one was the prosthetic, uh, because you always had it so pretty. Do you remember the first week when you were home without that arm trying to navigate around? Yeah, I, I again, it was just one of those things where I, I didn't have a choice. So, you know, I had to learn how to put my makeup on and do everything. And it just, uh, it kind of came natural because I had no choice. I remember you calling me and I, I swear it had to be just one week after and you called me at work and you said, guess what I just did. And in the back of my head, I'm thinking, uh, cried all day. Um, <laughs> swore, I don't know. Yeah. I, and you're like, I just tied my shoe. 
And so for the rest of the day, I tried tying a shoe with one hand and could not do it. You just amazed me. Like one week, like this is my new life. This is plan B. And so here I am learning how to tie my own shoe. You just amazed me with your resiliency. Well, like it's hard for me to watch somebody with two hands try to do something with one hand because like you have the other hand that you can do it. I didn't have that. So I had to, you know, come up with a new way to do it or I wouldn't be able to do it. Love that. I am just, you just always amaze me with the things that you could do with the one arm. It was just, it was just like, you just rolled right into it without a whole lot of emotion. Like I never saw you sad or mad or really even frustrated. Um, and, and what do you, I know you have this very laid back attitude, but tell me about the supports that you had and, and did those support systems help you to maintain this positive attitude and this kind of like, this is, this is the new me attitude. Yeah. I mean, my friends were amazing. They were there every step of the way, you know, obviously my family was always there. You, you know, it did, it, it did help because you, you just had people that, you know, didn't look at you any different and you just, they were there if you needed them, but they didn't like push, you know, nice, nice support system. A lot of people yeah. came, came out of the woodwork. It seemed like you, you had a lot of guys that wanted to take you to prom. I remember <laughs> that. Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was sweet. A lot of people wanted to take Shelly to prom. And I remember your mom saying, you know, most moms of seniors in high school are looking for prom dresses, and I'm looking for a prosthetic arm. And I, yeah. my heart just broke to what your, your parents were going through with their new normal. But right. you went to prom. Like, you were like, this this is it. I'm, I got my prom dress and I'm going and and you just lived this new normal life. I was so impressed with you. Yeah, that that was my goal was to have my prosthetic arm by prom. And it wasn't completely finished. The coloring wasn't right, but they had an arm for me to wear to prom. I remember and you looked absolutely stunning as usual <laughs> absolutely beautiful and um you know it unfortunately the cancer didn't stop there you had your arm amputated and actually it was like a week later that they realized well that they didn't get it all and had to amputate more tell us a little bit more about your journey with this awful cancer stuff yeah so it was a week later i remember i was laying on my grandma's couch it wasn't actually a week. It was like three days. I just got out of the hospital. I was laying on my grandma's couch and my mom came over and she was like, the doctor called. I was like, okay. And she's like, you got to go back in for surgery. I was like, what? And um, she said, yeah, they didn't have clean margins. So, you know, they got to go in and take more. I was like, Ugh. so it was like two days later, I had to go back for surgery and we were just praying and hoping that they didn't have to take my elbow because in prosthetic world, 
it's a whole new device and it's more complicated if you don't have your elbow. So I remember waking up from surgery and like in the first words out of my mouth were, do I have my elbow? And I did. They had to do, uh, my arm doesn't look the prettiest because they had to do a skin graft and kind of get it out. But I have my elbow. Thank goodness. My gosh. And then it didn't end there. Come, it was like summertime. I remember you had to have more surgery. So this all was happening in December. And then, and then we have, we get through the school year, you graduate, but there's more discovery. So tell us what happened then. So it was probably, I want to say April, maybe March, April. I remember feeling a lump in my left shoulder and it was there for quite a while. I just always thought it was a muscle. Then I don't, I don't remember the timeline, but then I found a lump in my right thigh. I'm like, all right, this is, this is kind of strange. So we went to the doctor. They were like, all right, let's biopsy it. We don't know. So they biopsied it and they, it came back that it was the cancer. So then we did radiation and then to try to shrink it. And so they could cut it out. And then I was like, okay, let's just do the surgery now. It was probably, I want to say April, May. And my doctor was like, um, you're going to want to go to prom first. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I think that surgery was like, I want to say June, June 15th, I had the tumor removed from my left, uh, my left shoulder and my right thigh. Okay. Yep. I remember all of that. I remember us getting together shortly after that. And you had like a big, what one thigh was a lot smaller than the other. And you had like this whole divot taken out of your thigh and then, you know, a big, chunk taken out of your back and yet there we were over my sister's house jumping on a trampoline like like nothing happened I mean this poor girl was just you know parts of her body were cut off of her and she's swimming in the pool and you could beat me in the pool swimming I remember us swimming around yes one arm you raced me and you beat me across the pool I still, I'm pretty sure you let me win, but that's okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I I didn't, but that's how bad of a swimmer I am. You get like, you know, a little tiny bit of a break, maybe for a couple years, and then the stuff comes back. Okay, it comes back. Where did it come this time? So it, well, let me rewind. So I would get scanned every three months and then I think that was for a couple of years and then it would it got pushed back to every six months that was for a couple of years and I was clear I was on I was going for my first one year appointment and my I remember it was in I, May the appointment was and I, I can tell you the exact date on March 13th it was the day before my sister's baby shower. I was putting lotion on and I f- felt a lump in my chest. And I just, I remember calling my mom. And I'm like, 
having a heart attack. I'm like, oh my God, I found a lump. I don't know what to do. So then she obviously starts having a heart attack. We're all freaking out, but we have to like kind of not freak out because we had a big baby shower the next day and we didn't want to take the attention off of my sister. So I kind of just pretended like nothing was wrong. And then it was March 14th. I went to my doctor and she said, yeah, you should probably go to the emergency room. Um, I don't know what that is. And with your case, I don't, you know, want to misdiagnose anything. So she sent me to the emergency room. We go downtown and it was crazy. They scanned me and then they called it was me, my mom, my dad, and Anthony, my husband. They call us back into our room, close the door. And I was like, oh, God, here it goes. And then that's when she said that. She's like, there's a mass in your chest. And that was it. We, got, we went home at 2 in the morning. And then it all started. Uh, over again. Yeah, again over. and again. That was actually the night that Anthony proposed to me. That's right. That's right. Anthony yeah. proposed to you then. That's I remember that. Oh my gosh. Two in the morning. <laughs> Two in the morning. Diagnosed now with more cancer because taking the arm and a chunk out of the shoulder and a thunk chunk out of the thigh wasn't enough. Now we've got it in the chest. Okay. Yeah. So then where do we go from here? What happens when you have it in your chest? So we, March 14th, I wish I didn't have these dates memorized, but um, I go, I get into my um, orthopedic oncologist. He wanted me to, I don't, I think I got a biopsy. It was the cancer. And he said, that, you know, you could radiate it. We could try to do all that, but he's seen it in this spot before. And the only way to get rid of it would be a four quarter amputation. Do you know what that is? Part of your body or torso, part of your torso was to be removed. No, basically my entire shoulder, like your clavicle, like that. Just imagine your shoulder and everything pulled off. So you're going to lose that whole arm, the rest of that arm. Plus like half my chest. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's not a way to go around that. that yeah. No, <laughs> no. And don't ever look up photos of it. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. <laughs> gosh. <laughs> Definitely don't look up photos yeah. of that. That can't be pretty. So here you are. Now this is, um, you're like 19. How old are you at this time? Um, it was 2011. Okay. So uh, you're you in know. your 20s. You're in your 20s, yes. and you want to kind of make this gingerbread cookie out of you. Like we're going to cut off part of your body. You're going to lose that arm, that entire arm, that shoulder. You know, your clavicle area, like right to your neck and down yes. a little bit. Yes awful like I can't even visualize how that even is supposed to look but it's I, half your body yeah yeah it's not pretty 
the balance alone would have been a nightmare. Oh my goodness. Wow. So how did you avoid that surgery and what did they do to treat it? So I did more radiation and um, after the radiation, I think I waited, I think you, you have to wait like five weeks because the radiation still works. And then I got scanned again and it showed that the mass was still growing even on um, radiation. So chemotherapy was not a good option for this type of cancer. It didn't have a high enough success rate where it was like, do you really want to put your body through all that if it doesn't work? So, so again, we made the decision. We, I just said, this is what we got to do. And we scheduled that surgery for August of that year. So August of 2011. So like a week before that surgery, I was actually, um, oh yeah, I had to go in for a, an MRI or a CAT scan. I don't remember which one, just to see exactly where it was for when they did the surgery. Well, it came out that there were masses or spots in my lungs that had appeared. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. So, needless to say, surgery was canceled and we needed to start like intense chemotherapy immediately. So, okay, because we haven't had enough cancer in our body. So now <laughs> you've got this whole mass growing on your your right side. You're scheduled this surgery. So you're going throughout your summer thinking, I'm going to be losing like a quarter of my body yes. and somehow have to learn how to balance and survive without this entire shoulder, arm, upper chest area, like this whole thing cut out of me. Um and then you go for the MRI just a week before and it's like, hold on, we can't do that because now we have more more cancer now in the lungs. So they decide to do intense chemo to stop the growth in the lungs because that was a different type of cancer, right? And they thought- No, it was all, it was all the same cancer. I think their thinking was- it's obviously more dangerous in the lungs. So why take part of me during the surgery if it's still in my body actively? Okay. Okay. So 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 you go on to this chemo. How yes. long and how often did you do this chemo for the lungs? So uh, I try to uh, forget this part of my life because it was not fun. But... I went, I believe, I, I know I was in the hospital for a week, hooked up getting the chemo for five days straight. And then I was home for like two to three weeks, depending on how I felt and how my like white blood cells were and all that. Um, oh, I know, I, I don't even know. I don't even, I think I went four times with the major 
in hospital rounds. And then like, I want to say four or five times, just like a lighter dose that was outpatient. And how were you feeling through all this? Were you pretty nauseous and sick? Uh, awful. Oh. Yeah, just, it's awful. Okay, so it's pretty beat up by this and still not knowing whether they're going to be cutting off part of your body still. That's still in the back of your head. The result then of this chemo, how did this end up working for your body? Okay, so the chemo actually ended up shrinking that mass in my chest, which was awesome because we weren't expecting that. And it. Um, I don't remember if it shrunk the nodules in my lungs, but they were able to go in and just pluck out the little nodules in my lungs. Wow. So here, kind of like thanks to the lung cancer, you were able to save your upper body. Yeah. Yeah. Like who ever yeah. says thank goodness for lung cancer? Nobody. But right. that, that cause, that chemo that they chose to do help your lungs ended up shrinking this mass that was on your entire right side, upper body. And so now you've been able to save your upper body um, and it's helped shrink the nodules in your lungs. Yes. But we're not done there. So that's still 2011, correct? No, I think now we're in 2012. In 2012. Yeah. And then we go on, we get a little break and then more. Yeah. Cause I had the lung surgery when they removed the nodules in February of 2012. And then, okay. And then, oh yeah, I was good for a while. And then, um, I would get scanned, you know, every three months, everything was stable. Nothing, no new nodules, nothing. My shoulder well the tumor in my chest wasn't growing so we were we were on a good run um anthony and i moved to california and i was a little nervous because you know i was away from my doctors i was like i couldn't get scanned i didn't i didn't really know what to do and they said you're doing good so just we'll just wait till you get home and you went there for a year for Anthony's internship for his doctor. Correct. Correct. I remember visiting you in Runcamunga. Yes. Yep. I don't even know if I pronounced that right. Yes. You have- yeah. <laughs> Rancho Cucamonga. Yes. Beautiful facility there. So for that year, you did not get scanned or did you come back at all? I did not. Well, I was supposed to get. So we moved down there in August. I we were coming home in December to for the holidays. I had a scan scheduled for right when we got home, but then I was pregnant. Baby miracle. Unbelievable. <laughs> I got chills and tears just as you said that. I remember all of this, and I remember yeah. that was the first live baby, um, uh, what do you call it? when you uh, Ultrasound. Ultrasound that I ever saw. I went with you guys in yeah. California. So here you're pregnant, which should never have been a thing. Never. 
the doctors told me, you know, I, I talked to my chemo doctor and I was like, you know, can I try to have a baby? Like, what should, what should I do? And he said, honestly, I, I don't think you're going to be able to. He wanted me to go see a fertility specialist, but I didn't want to go because I didn't actually want to hear the words that you couldn't have a baby. So I just ignored it and never went and just accepted that I was never going to have a kid. Oh my gosh. And here you have this baby miracle, pregnant and have a healthy pregnancy. Yeah, pretty healthy. Healthy Mm -hmm. baby. Yes. But you're on hold for getting scans because we don't want any radiation. Right. So now um, baby's born and what do we do next? What happens next? So he was born in August of 2015. Uh, We were still in California. We moved home 10 days after Anthony was born, baby Anthony. And um, I think I had a scan scheduled pretty, pretty soon after I got home. And I went, everything was fine. Everything looked good. So I went three months later. And then they found a new spot on my lung. Oh, my gosh. Like you haven't been through enough. So now you're a a new mom. Yes. Two months into it, and you have a spot on your lung. Oh, my goodness. Hardly time to celebrate being a mom because now it's back to, we're back to that awful cancer stuff again. Well, now it's even worse because... I am a mom and I was like, oh my God, I can't, my baby needs a mom. You can't lose me. So it was, I think it was worse than when it originally happened. You have another life that you're feeling very responsible for, not just your own life, but now this little baby who's counting on you. So what did they have to do about the spot on the lungs? So it was slow growing. So we just kept an eye on it for quite a while. I would say like six, nine months because every, every three months I would get scanned and it was, it was, it was growing, but it wasn't growing fast. So we just kind of kept an eye on it every month. And then it just came to a point where it was still growing. My chemo doctor had suggested I get my entire lung removed. Um, just basically get it over with, but we didn't want to do that because that was a huge step. And, you know, with this cancer, it tends to go to your lungs. And with my history, obviously it spread to a lot of places in my body. And, you know, it's like, well, what if it comes back and you know, you only have one lung, what do you do then? So we tried a uh, like a chemo pill. I was on that for three years. And the hope for that was not for it to disappear, but for it to um, slow the growth and or stop the growth. So I would get still scanned every three months and it was, I was doing good for a while, but um, towards the end, it kept slowly creeping and growing 
just ever so slightly. So my husband was like, you know, we, we, we've got to do something because if it, it just keeps growing, we, we have to do something. So that's when we decided to have the big surgery and uh, take my entire lung. 2018, you had the lung removed. Now at this point, you have a three-year-old. They still need to be carried and tended to. They're not very independent, you know. So how was that coming back after losing your lung and having to go back home and resume being mommy with one arm, one lung? Um, it actually wasn't too bad. I thankfully had a lot of help from my family and my father-in-law. Um, my husband had to go to work every day. So, you know, his dad would come over and hang out with Anthony. Anthony was pretty, even though he was three, he was pretty understanding. and. He knew, like, he wasn't in a crib anymore, so he was able to just climb up in his bed or whatever. He was actually pretty good. He knew that I couldn't lift him, and he had to be gentle with mommy's boo-boo, and he was he was good. Wow, that's good. So he was at a old enough age to get it, which is very helpful. That's, that's yeah. wonderful. And, yes, I remember your father-in-law being there for you, and, um, helping you each day. And I know all of your family's been very good with helping you throughout all oh, yeah. of this and helping with baby Anthony. My yep. gosh, my gosh. And now during that surgery, you had uh, a little nick that happened in your throat, right? Oh yeah. You know, just add it to my, uh, <laughs> my, my list. What hasn't been, what hasn't been touched in my body? Oh yeah. My throat. Okay. What can you guys do to this? Oh, my, my ever God. so long list. Oh my gosh. I hope my list is over. I agree. I do believe it is. You've, you've yeah. taken a hit for everybody in the universe. I think yes. all the body parts, right? you now have this like nicked vocal cord that's got permanent damage. Yes. So from all the radiation that my lung received, there was a lot of scar tissue. So when they were cutting out my lung, they had no choice but to nick my vocal cord nerve, which is why I sound like I do. But um, yeah. I think you sound very good, all things considering. Thank you. Um, you're just an amazing woman. Throughout this journey, I've been on you know the sidelines watching you get knocked down and get up again over and over and over. And I remember and still have, actually I have a full bag of Stay Strong bracelets that yep. we all wore. And boy, you were the epitome of Stay Strong. What do you attribute that to? I mean, you said you had this kind of easygoing attitude, but what helped you to stay strong during, I mean, you've lost your dominant arm, had to say goodbye to your career that you dreamed about. You had chunks taken out of your body. You were almost going to lose like a half of your body and you continue to stay strong. You're able to keep a good sense of humor about this. My God, what is it, Shelly? 
What is your secret? What kept you strong? You have no choice. I mean, I do really believe that God only gives you what you can handle. And I, I, I do truly believe that. And obviously, he thinks I can handle a lot. So I got, I got to do it. <laughs> You need to send him a memo like, hey, I'm good. I'm good now. I know. I know. I had my, my, my cup is full. I know. Sometimes I think like, should I not be this strong? Like, would I not get as much stuff? <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> Fake it. Like, nope, I, I can't handle this. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Don't let him know how strong you are and then he won't give you anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. We're gonna fake him out. He'll never know. Oh my god! I back me up. who who fakes God out? Ah, <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, that was really hilarious. <laughs> I want you to try that. Like I can't handle anything more. Just keep saying that. Oh my gosh! So funny. I love that sense of humor. You know me with my resiliency tools. You always need that sense of humor, which you, yes. never, you never lost that sense of humor. Uh, I remember even right after you got your arm amputated, I was going to tell a story, but I didn't want you to hear what I was saying. So oh, I, yeah. I put one hand over one ear and I said something obnoxious and you looked at me and you said, you know, Miss Kellum, Two ears, one arm. Like, you was to cover both ears. And I laughed so hard. Like, you were so funny. And then we used to practice pretending like I was the superintendent and shaking your hand for the diploma. Oh, yeah. leave your fake arm in the superintendent's hand when you got your oh, diploma. Oh, my I'm God. Still, I'm still not brave enough to do that. But it was funny practicing. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Your sense of humor is amazing, and I know you're su supported so much with your wonderful parents who became, you know, Craig and my, like, closest friends, and, yes. you know, your sister's been there, and I know, and she had, you know, your little mini-me, your niece, yes. that, Zoe. that Zoe kept you going. Yeah. She's a cutie, and, and just know that you've had a lot of support, and your your friends, your friendships. I just felt like you had such a, an amazing group of people supporting you throughout this journey that I continue to see, even at you know the baby shower, the wedding, and the baby showers, and and oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I love the celebration of your life that we continue to have, and and I do believe, and I've prayed for you for sixteen years. I believe in the power of prayer, and. I, I think that stay strong model that you had, that mantra was yours for keeps. You just continued to triumph regardless. My gosh, just so many little things like, oh, okay, I got my arm amputated. I'm going to get out with my life. Oh, no, we got to take part of your leg. Oh, and part of the back. And oh, wait, wait, how are those lungs? Oh, wait, no. All right, yeah. She doesn't need to breathe. Come on. How many lungs do you need? And I remember right after you had your lung removed, me checking in on you, and you're like, well, I'm not going to run a marathon anytime now. <laughs> With that sense of humor that I love about you. Um, I mean, let's be honest. I never was going to run a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely not now. 
<laughs> no doubt. Oh my gosh. You have always been an inspiration to me. You really were. And um, you were an inspiration to Craig when he was fighting his cancer yeah. and you two had yeah. a very special bond and I appreciated that. And, you know, he watched you with admiration and, and I think he gained strength in his fight because of your stay strong attitude and your belief This like, I'm going to keep on going, going to keep on going. And, and all these beautiful things happened, you know, Anthony and you getting married and then baby Anthony coming like, wow, that, that was just beautiful. I'm so glad that, uh, that our, our paths crossed in life that I was your school counselor. I'm sorry that I had to get to know you the way (laughs) I did, but your family and my family became lifelong friends and for oh, yes. that, I'm grateful, always finding the opportunities out of obstacles. And I'm sure you can agree that you probably made a lot more friends. Oh, yeah. Lifelong connections with people because mm-hmm. of your ongoing challenges. And I, I, I'm i just so grateful for you and for the lessons you have taught me. And will always remember to stay strong. And, and even when I had some surgeries, I had to laugh like, oh my God, this is temporary. Like I can't use my left arm to get over it. Tie the darn shoe. She did. Shelly did a week after she had her arm amputated. So Well, the good, the good thing about now is that there's really not a lot of shoes you have to tie. <laughs> right. No kidding. So I just avoid tie shoes. A lot of flats. You know, <laughs> your poor son was like, box. Your son's wearing Velcro shoes all his life. You're just gonna wear Velcro. Yes, I know. My <laughs> my goal is the one thing that I wish I could do, and I actually just started trying. I don't know why I waited so long, is to put my hair in a ponytail. No kidding. Oh. Yeah. So I'm going. My goal is to teach my son how to put my hair in a ponytail. Oh, how sweet is that? Always learning, always pushing yourself. I Uh love that. I just love that. Wow. We are an inspiration, (laughs) Shelly. You are the beacon of resiliency. You know, you just continue to believe like I'm getting through this. I've got to do this. This is my life and this is what I'm going to do. You are surrounded with love, your family and friends and your, you know, amazing parents and husband and your father-in-law. And you continue to keep that sense of humor and take care of you. And so what's, what's the future hold for Shelly? What, what are some things besides putting your hair in a ponytail? Is there anything else you forward to? So that's a little issue I have is I still get scanned every three months. So I cannot look Path. I I live my life three months at a time. Gotcha. I cannot. I can't plan for the future because uh, you. I don't know. I mean, I know nobody knows, but right. Yeah, it's hard for me to play. Like, think about. Oh, what are we going to do next year? Because it's like, oh, I hope I'm not sick, or I hope, you know. You're realistic. You keep it in small increments and just keep yourself to the three months. That's very wise. Stay present. Stay here and now. And this is, today's a good day. I've got this. Today I'm healthy. Today, and you look unbelievably amazing. She is one beautiful woman. All 
Um, thank you. So thank you, Shelly. I appreciate you taking this time. Shelly is not one to talk about herself or about this. And I know this was kind of opening up some old, old wounds and you having to talk about some really difficult times. And, and I apologize for having to take you down that memory lane because uh, that was some really, really tough times that you went through. And you, oh, yeah. you did it like a trooper. You were amazing. Every time I saw you in the hospital, you had a great attitude and a smile on your face and looked more beautiful than the rest of us that were coming to visit you. You always just, <laughs> you know, that cosmetology will always stay with you. Always right. beautiful. So I know. I, I, always, I always said, don't mess with my face or my hair. <laughs> and that he, he messed with both, but that's okay. <laughs> well, that's why they make wigs. Right, right. And you were, you were wearing the wigs at one point and you looked amazing in those too. You could don anything and look amazing. <laughs> You're just you. a beacon. And I hope that you have, your story has inspired those that are living their lives with cancer right now, those who aren't, I know um, lots going on right now during this taping. We're in this pandemic and we're all trying to stay away from one another. And I know people that have cancer and other diseases really need to stay healthy. So I wish you well and hope that you stay away from everybody else and stay healthy during this time. And I, you just, your story is so inspiring to so many and I just appreciate you and I'm grateful for you sharing this difficult but resilient journey of yours. Thank hey, you, Shelly. Anything for you. Thank you, Shelly. Honey, you have a great night and you stay well. Okay. Hi. Today's talking points that we learned from Shelly Sodastrom are that sometimes we have no choice and just need to do it. God only gives you what you can handle, but you can't fake to God your strength. Stay strong is not just a motto or mantra, but it is a way of life. And it's important to be realistic, stay in the present while setting short-term goals. Today's gratitude is, you never know how strong you are until being strong is the only choice you have. Well, that's it for today's interview. We hope our guest helped you overcome some of your adversity and learn some new resiliency skills to help you to live a more fulfilled life. Keep on dancing and don't stop believing.